Welcome to Gateway Community Church, Webster, Texas. We're so glad you found us, and we hope this message helps you discover more about God and His unique plan for your life. We want to spend a little time in prayer. Um, Many of you have been through a lot. Some of you have lost vehicles, some of you have had a house damage, some of you have lost your whole home. And we want to just have an opportunity to pray over you. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask everybody to stand up. Let's all stand up. Now, I I, I don't want you to be self-conscious about this. Because God's community is here to bless and encourage. If you've lost some of your property, if your home has been damaged, if you've lost a vehicle, if your home is destroyed, I want to ask you to sit down right where you are. Would you sit down for us, please? I see people sitting. Yes, please sit. And now, I want to ask the rest of us to turn toward those we see who are seated or turn out and just, I'm going to pray and I, I put your hand out toward them. I mean, we can't all put our hands on top maybe of them, but um, let's provide God's encouragement and God's hope right now together. I'm going to pray a little, then I'm going to just be quiet for a moment and let you pray. And then I'll come back and pray a little bit more. Would you join me? Gracious God, we lift up to you each one who is in here today and those who couldn't make it, who have suffered loss. We know that in our community, in our greater Houston area, we have family and friends that that have, there are those who have lost their lives. Others have lost their homes, their vehicles, their workplace. Others of us are, are, are nervous and afraid. We wonder what the next storm will bring. Father, we lift up these right now who are seated around us and pray for them, that you would help them and encourage them. Who could have imagined a week and a half ago that we would be in this place? Disasters and tragedies don't come on a schedule and it's thrown so many lives for a loop we pray for these who have lost much pray that they will discern the help and love of friends and family around them and even more so your love that embraces them that you are not the the cause but you are the means of healing. And we lift them up and we pray for them. And we and now allow our people, Father, to pray over those who are struggling. Hear our prayers.
Father, we pray for those who have lost much, even as they have lost things. May they, may we, may we all discover that you are enough in the midst of whatever loss we have encountered. And we lift up to you, Father, those first responders who were out there in the storm. Thank you. We lift up those who are going out to help. Thank you. Keep them safe. We pray for our community, for parts of our community that are still underwater. We pray that the waters will come down. We pray that the resources will be there. But even when they're not, that we can count on you. That we can be still in our souls and know that you are on our side. We pray for our community. We pray for our nation. We pray for our world today, Father. It's amazing how when our neighbors are hurting, the things that often divided us become so unimportant. It's amazing how much easier, more easily we can see you. Help us to keep our eyes on you in the midst of all the storms, Father. And use us for your glory. If we came through the storm well and we are feeling some guilt about that, Father, release us from that to be a blessing to those around us. That some of us had to come through well so that you could use us. Blessed to be a blessing. Use us for your glory, Father. Use us that your name may be lifted on high. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I guess I don't have to remind you that we've been through something unlike perhaps anything that's ever happened in this country. I mean, think about it. We received a year's worth of rain in four days. Okay? That, 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 that doesn't happen. We set a new continental United States storm record with 51.88 inches at Cedar Bio over in Baytown. We've just gone through the wettest cyclone in U.S. history, and I don't even know how many trillions of gallons have come through our streets and neighborhoods and some of our homes. An estimated 25 to 30 percent of Harris County was underwater at some point in this last week. And the estimates of 150,000 homes damaged or destroyed may still be too low. In our Gateway family, we've identified dozens of you who have suffered loss. Some of the losses are maybe just a leak, but some of the losses have been everything, everything you own. Most of us cannot imagine what you are going through. Some of you, I know, can't even be here. You maybe are watching us on Facebook Live because you can't get out or you're 
still taking care of your place. But we are here and we are praying for you. And we will continue to pray for you. Not, that won't be all we do. We're going to come together as, as the people across Houston have been doing in amazing ways to help and love our neighbors. We are Houston strong, guys, right? Yeah. Don't let anyone tell you that we can't handle. We need God's help, but by the grace of God, we're going to get through this. We're not going to be a place wiped off the map. God is going to use us, and his glory is going to be seen in Houston. We are Houston strong by the grace of God. Hundreds of you have been out helping your neighbors. Yes, we've been sending folks out from the church, but we know so many of you have your own stories in your own neighborhoods, in your own family members, at your own places of work, and we are grateful for that. That is the family of God. That is the church. We don't have to go out all together. We just go out wherever we are. And you have been doing that in incredible ways. You have brought truckloads of supplies here to Gateway that we've set out to shelters and folks in need. And hundreds of you have volunteered. And after this service, we're gonna, we want to make a push tomorrow and on Saturdays and, and whenever we can. And so if you're able to volunteer tomorrow, starting at 8 a.m., out in our coffee shop, there's a place for you to sign up. Let me tell you, if we run out of names on there, we know where we can get more places. This is not a sprint. This is a marathon. We're going to be loving our neighbors. We're going to be the hands and feet of Christ for quite a while. And those of us who have made it through, those of us who, who did not have as much damage or no damage, we have been given the privilege of loving on our neighbors, of being there with them and for them. What's cool is, and some of you don't know this, this has been a part of our church's history going all the way back to Hurricane Katrina. Um, when we and Gloria Day Lutheran Church here organized CORE, Christians Organized for Relief Efforts, back in 2005 down in southern Mississippi. And some of you don't know that this camp was the result of Gateway and Gloria Day down in Mississippi where we could house hundreds of people at a time to enable people coming from across the country to go out into the community to help. Thousands of volunteers went through that camp providing hundreds of thousands, millions of hours of effort. If you noticed in a video earlier, there were some people putting together bunk beds. Builders Without Borders uh, is setting up a camp right now over in the Alvin area. And we went over there to help them put those bunk beds together so that as people start coming to the area, there's a place for them to go. We, uh, we built a medical relief trailer for tsunami victims uh, several years ago out in our front place we filled it out and spent a, 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 did a lot there we helped build prefab homes that were shipped to Haiti after the tragedy there here we are working in the old academy down on um, down in League City building these things many of you were there many of you didn't know we did that and of course when I kit we spread out across the community then to help in so many ways doing it banding together alongside other churches we're all in this together to serve our community with the love of Christ, to, to refuse to give in to the fears that run through our minds 
to the what-ifs, to believe and trust that God is bigger than anything that we are facing. I want to tell you, the people of God have faced these kinds of things before. Some of you, I've heard some of you say, this is the first time I've ever been through a hurricane. This is the first time I've ever seen anything like this. And I'm sorry any of us have to, but, but the truth of the matter is, all through history, tragedies have come. And who has been there? The people of God. When, when the plague raced through the Roman Empire and people were getting away, who stayed? The followers of Jesus. That is our history. That is our story. Because Jesus said, I came not to be served, but to serve. And, and the people of God have done this over and over again. And God has proven himself to be able to help his people rise above, above whatever we're facing. And so this morning, I'm going to remind you of one story in the Bible in particular. That, that all this week, God, what, what do we need to hear? And I don't know if this is what you need to hear or not, but, but I got drawn to this. I felt, I felt God telling me that this was where I needed to, to, to spend some time this week and some time with you. And, and it's, the time is set in Jerusalem in 701 B.C. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to 2 Kings chapter 18. We'll be looking at 18 and 19. The YouVersion Bible app, you can go on there. And of course, we realize, because this has all been really fluid, that if you pulled out your notes, there's nothing there. But we did create a PDF that you can download from our Find It page, and you can use this to, to write and, and put things down. God bless you. As we go through this, together. So, um, just a quick background. The kingdom of Assyria, A-S-S-Y-R-I-A, uh, was in this area. Here's Nineveh, where, where Jonah went, and they had conquered this whole area, the modern-day Iraq, Babylon, uh, parts of modern-day Iran, up into Turkey, and they were knocking on the door of, of Jerusalem. Uh, they had conquered about 20 years earlier. They had conquered the northern kingdom based in Samaria in 722 B.C. And so the southern kingdom of Judah based in Jerusalem was paying tribute to Assyria until King Hezekiah, and, and maybe you've heard that name, maybe you're not, but that's a real name, a real king, led a revolt basically against Assyria, probably with some support from Egypt. And in 701 B.C., Assyria came back down through that area and began to destroy cities in Judah and, and uh, besiege Jerusalem. So in chapter 18, verse 13, it says, In the 14th year of King Hezekiah, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against all the fortified cities of Judah and took them. And Hezekiah first tried to appease Sennacherib with gold and silver, but it didn't stop Sennacherib from sending his army. And, and yet we also see that the Assyrian king made some bad assumptions about our God. Assumptions that, that some folks around us today may be making, and in fact, even maybe some of us ourselves have been making as we face this time of crisis. In verse 17, it said, The king of Assyria sent the, the Tartan, the Rabseris, and the, the, the Rabshake, and those are kind of like military or, or leaders, with a great army from Lachish to King Hezekiah at Jerusalem. And when they called for the king, there came out to them Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, who was over the household of, of the king, 
and Shebna, the secretary, and Joah, the son of Asaph, the recorder. In other words, these were uh, government officials in the, Judah, the, the nation of Judah. And the rep, Rabshake said to them, Say to Hezekiah, Thus says the great king, the king of Assyria, On what do you rest this trust of yours? Now, I want to tell you, as I read that this week, it's, it struck me that that's a really important question for us. Because what or in whom we trust says a lot about how you and I are going to get through the next several days, weeks, months, years. If you aren't trusting in something or someone, the, the consequence is you don't have hope. And that may be exactly what some of you are feeling. Hope is based on, on having trust, having faith that something or someone will get you through the, the time we are in to the future. And let's face it, the very nature of us as human beings is that we need hope. We desperately need hope. As I read the emails and, and saw Facebook posts this week and listened to some of you talk, it, was, it was struck me how there are many individuals in our community who feel no hope who don't know how they're going to survive. They don't know how they're going to make it. And that may have even been some of you. It may even be where some of you are now. You can feel the, the strength and the energy draining out of them. And yet there's a real danger of putting our hope in something or someone who ultimately cannot help us. In verse 18, it goes on to, the Rabshake goes on to say, do you think that mere words are strategy and power for war? In whom do you now trust that you have rebelled against me? Behold, you are trusting now in Egypt that broken reed of a staff that will pierce the hand of any man who leans on it. Such is Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to all who trust in him. See, the Rabshake rightly understood that some things and some people in whom we may place our trust may seem good on the surface, may seem good initially, like if Judah was trusting in the nation of Egypt. But if they don't have the strength to see us through our situation, they may end up piercing the hand of any man who leans on it. We may put our trust in something that ultimately hurts us even more. This is how hope gets crushed. When we put our hope in the wrong things or in the wrong people, because when hope fails, it is so painful. We feel so betrayed. We find ourselves often emotionally and spiritually worse off than before. So let me just tell you, if you're depending on people in general, if you're depending on the government or FEMA to solve all your problems, you are setting yourself up for a big letdown at some point in the future. Now, that doesn't mean intentions aren't good. That doesn't mean that God doesn't use people and that God doesn't use the government and God doesn't use FEMA and that, that some good won't come out of these things. But it means that they ultimately are not the answer to getting you on your feet again with a sense of confidence and peace and hope. The Rabshake then questions trusting God. But again, he, he shows he really doesn't understand the God whom Hezekiah, whom the Jews whom we have put our faith in. Verse 22, he says, But if you say to me, we trust in the Lord our God, is it not he whose high places and altars Hezekiah has removed, saying to Judah and to Jerusalem, you shall worship before this altar in Jerusalem? Now just, just for a little background for some of us, during those times when the tabernacle or the temple was standing in Israel, God wanted it to be the center of worship as a way of ensuring that worship didn't veer off into the wrong things, into the wrong areas. And in fact, that did happen. The Israelites, sometimes with good intentions, set up their own altars on high places in the hills. They added religious elements from other religions because they thought, well, it, surely it must be okay. 
And yet God knew that these would ultimately deceive his people and lead them away from true faith. And so his prophets spoke out over and over again against the high places and altars. I want to tell you the truth of the matter is we all need a central community of faith to keep us from veering off into heresies that may seem friendly to God, but if you follow them to their natural conclusion, they will lead you away from him. You and I need a community of faith to help us keep our center in Christ and to call us back when we drift into wrong beliefs. That's why the church is here. That's why our small groups are so important, and we encourage you to be a part of that. We need each other to hold each other up, to help be accountable to one another. But the Rabshake thinks these high places and altars were pleasing to God. And so he, he says Hezekiah clearly isn't following their God because he removed them. He even tells the Jews that God sent the Assyrians to do this to them. And again, it just shows that often folks on the outside of the Christian faith really don't understand the source of our faith and strength. And they will point to us, and they will ridicule us, and they will go in different directions because they think we're crazy. I want to tell you, our culture is smitten with going along with the crowd, even, even when many of those cultural teachings clearly violate God's word. They argue it makes sense, or, or the times have changed, or the church is out of touch, or surely we've misunderstood God. And we have to realize that they are, they are seeing what they are seeing and what they are hearing. And it's understandable in the nature of things that, that they would see those things. Because the truth of the matter is unless Christ lives in our hearts, we will have a hard time seeing the truth. The Rabshake wanted to take advantage of this. And he made sure that the, the folks in Jerusalem could hear him when they wanted to kind of hush him and say, let's have a private conversation here, Mr. Rabshake. He said, no, I'm going to speak out loud in your language so that everyone can hear what I have to say. He said, verse 32, do not listen to Hezekiah when he misleads you by saying the Lord will deliver us. Who among all the gods of the lands have delivered their lands out of my hand? That the Lord should deliver Jerusalem out of my hand? But I want to tell you the teachings of God don't change with the political climate. They don't change with the latest fads. They don't change with hurricanes. And just because someone thinks we're seeing it wrong, just because they think we are short-sighted, doesn't make them right. The Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His message is unchanging. His truth is not susceptible to the comings and goings of culture and problems in our world. Some people don't get that. They don't see how we can believe what we believe and, and have hope in the midst of tragedy. And, and we have to know that that's coming. I want to tell you there is nothing the devil loves more than getting us questioning what God said. Go all the way back to the beginning. Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? He twists God's words. He questions them. He makes them sound like, well, oh, surely, that doesn't make any sense. It couldn't be that way. The devil tried it with Jesus when he was out in the wilderness, twisting scripture to tempt Jesus. 
But Jesus saw through it. Later, Jesus would say the devil was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Some folks just aren't going to understand if you choose to trust in the Lord. But you and I have to make the choice, the choice to trust him today. You have to make the choice when you walk back into that house that is stripped out and, and, and sheetrock cut out to here that you're going to trust him. You have to trust him when you're on the phone trying to get your car repaired. You've got to trust him that he is still in the midst of this. You've got to trust him when relationships around you are falling apart, when your job is in danger. You've got to trust him no matter how bleak things may look, no matter how down you may be feeling, because that's not the whole story. And we need to help others see this too, to help others know Jesus as Savior and Lord. It's true that what has been going on is hard. I mean, let's, nobody's kidding ourselves about that. And there is a long journey ahead for some of you. And I don't want to sugarcoat what you're facing. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be fun. You didn't sign up for this. I remember a little over a year ago, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. And I want to tell you, in those first hours and days, my mind ran to every worst case scenario in the book. I was already revising my will and looking for how I was going to take care of my family. I get it. We, we face those things. Those, those come on us. Those, those things happen in our lives. And yet what I discovered that virtue, all those thoughts that I had in those first days were false. They were lies. And, and Hezekiah and the Jews faced this same kind of battle for the, their souls and minds. And, and so do you and I. And with their king's godly visit, wisdom, they made the right choice. Verse 36, but the people were silent and answered the Rabshakeh, not a word. For the king's command was, do not answer him. We can't go where the enemy wants to lead us. We have to instead turn our hearts and minds to God to focus on Jesus Christ. Because, and this is where the power of God's word helps so much. Psalm 46 reminds us, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way. Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Verse 10 says, be still, as you've already heard, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Now let me tell you something that's going to sound weird. This tragedy, which I do not believe God caused, God will use to bring him glory and to point people to him and to see people come to faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah. There are losses. There's stuff. Some of you heard me say it, though. I have never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul behind it. You cannot take any of this stuff with you. But every life we invest in that comes to know Jesus Christ will be in heaven forever. You and I have that opportunity to be his hands, his feet, his voice 
this week, next week, in the weeks and months to come. When someone asks you, why are you helping? When you, you could be working or you could be doing this or taking it easy. It's because Christ compels me. I have no other choice. I am called to love my neighbor, to be there for those around us. And our neighbors are all around us, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in our schools. Romans 8 says, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Now, I don't know how or, or when God's going to do some of this stuff. But in many ways, as I've been listening and reading social media, I, I see people glorifying God and thanking him that they've gotten through it, that they have survived. He is at work right now in this whole situation and in every life that will welcome him in. And for some of those folks, you and I need to be the entry ramp to who God is and what Jesus Christ can do in their lives. He wants you to open up, to let him in if you haven't done that yourself and, and, and help guide you through whatever lies ahead to pray and trust as, as Hezekiah did, who gave us a great model prayer through his prayers. In chapter 19, verse 15, Hezekiah says, Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned above the cherubim, you are the God, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth, you have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. And hear the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent to mock the living God. Truly, O Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste the nations in their lands. They've, they've done so much damage to others and have cast their gods into the fire. For they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore, they were destroyed. So now, O Lord, our God, save us, please, from his hand that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you, O Lord, are God alone. Then Isaiah, the, the prophet, the son of Amos, came to Hezekiah saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Your prayer to me about Sennacherib, king of Assyria, I have heard. And just as Psalm 46 affirmed, Hezekiah prayed that God would be exalted, that God would be lifted up in their tragedy of being attacked, that in the midst of that, they would become a witness to their great God. And here's what the scripture says, in, starting in verse 32. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, he shall not come into this city or shoot an arrow there or come before it with a shield or cast up a siege mount against it. By the way that he came, by the same he shall return. And he shall not come into this city, declares the Lord, for I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. And that night, the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. And when people arose early in the morning, behold, these were all dead bodies. Then Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed. Who saw that coming? You got hundreds of thousands of enemies encamped around your city. You pray, and next morning, they are dead and gone. Is that something anybody could have predicted? And what I'm telling you is, I can't predict how God is going to get you and me and our city and our state and our country through this. But he will. He will. 
Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Doesn't mean it's going to be pain-free. Doesn't mean we're going to like it always. But he will see us through. He will work in ways we cannot imagine. And in doing so, everyone around will know that only God could have done what has happened. God will get the glory. God will get the credit. They're not going to look at Gateway Church. They're not going to look at your family or your workplace. They're going to say, look what God did. That is how we want to exalt him. I believe we're going to witness incredible, amazing displays of God's love and power in the coming days and weeks. Some of you already have who have been out serving. And, and, and it, it, it's not going to be easy. And, and nothing about what I am saying is meant to diminish the tragic losses that some of you have experienced. But with God, the story is never over. We have an eternal hope because even the worst this life can throw at us can never steal the eternal hope that we have in our risen Savior, Jesus Christ, who is always with us. As Deuteronomy said, we read earlier, the Lord himself goes before you and be, will, will be with you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. I mean, it's not fancy words. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a preacher. It's not, it's not any of that. It's God himself and his word that offers you and me the hope and encouragement we need to face what lies ahead, no matter what it is. Today, it's Hurricane Harvey. A year from now, five years from now, 20 years from now, it'll be something else. Where are you going to stand? Who are you going to walk hand in hand with? God calls his people, the church, together to do this. Each other. One of my favorite passages, again, from Romans 8. I just, I love this. And some of you, forgive me if I read it. It's a little long. But it says to me so well what God wants, I believe, for us to hear and know right now. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these, the good news of Jesus Christ? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? What hurricane, what nation, what rainstorm, what relationship can ever amount to anything compared to God? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? doesn't mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecuted or, or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death. There's our story right there. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons. Neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that has been revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Those are words to live by. Those are words to hold on to. 
they're not fairy tales. They're, they're, not, they're not Pollyanna thinking nothing's gone wrong. They're saying in spite of what has gone wrong. God is there with us on our side and will see us through. No matter what you're going through, whether it's connected to Hurricane Harvey or it's a relationship issue or a work issue or or struggle with your health, if Jesus Christ is your Savior and Lord, you you are more than a conqueror. An overwhelming victory is yours through Jesus Christ who loved us, who loves us now and will never fail us. He will be there. In just a moment, our prayer team is going to be here, and, and we're going to invite our prayer team actually to use these doors over here and use B-122 because we're going to serve communion. For those of you who would like to stay to receive communion as a, as a experience, a reminder of what Jesus Christ did for us, we will be starting that three or four minutes after the end of the service. You, if you would, please get your children out of childcare. You can bring them back in here. Uh, if you're not going to stay, please just exit uh, quietly. But this is something we felt was important. This is when we typically do it. And, and we felt like we're not changing that. Jesus Christ is the answer. And we need to remember all that he has done for us. I will remind you that out in our coffee shop, there is a place for you to sign up to serve tomorrow. And too many of you can't sign up. Trust me. And if you feel like there's nothing I can, I can't go out to a site. Well, there are a few other things that we can get you to do. But, but what we, we need is, is you to do that. And you don't have to wear boots. They told me you can just wear regular shoes, but gloves are important. But we want to uh, send out so many of you tomorrow at 8 a.m. to love our community, to love our neighbors, to be the hands and feet and voice of Jesus. Now, if you're already helping someone, don't feel guilty. Do that. That's fantastic. We love that. But if, if you don't have a place, we, it would help us if you sign up. But I want to tell you, if you discover tonight or in the morning that you can come and you didn't sign up, you just show up. Because if nothing else, we'll send you to a neighborhood that is overwhelmed and, you can, and, and we'll have teams going door to door just to help people. Because there's that much need. Supplies, we uh, included in inserting this, and we're asking just, just these supplies right now. Uh, uh, everybody wants to bring everything, but really we're focused on how we can help our neighbors immediately, and those are the things we need most. Groups, we'll have the sign up, and we're delaying the start of our groups for a week. You'll, we'll talk more about that in, in the weeks to come, but just know you can, you can still, do, still do that. But I want to, I, um, I, I just want to close this in prayer and, and, um, No, I'm not going to pray. Let's do this. Would you stand? I want to bless you. May the living Christ go with you. May he go before you to guide you, beside you to befriend you, above you to protect you, behind you to encourage you. But most of all, may he go within you to give you his love and his peace so that you may be his love and his peace to your neighbors and to our community and to our world. God bless you. See you tomorrow. See you next week. 
learn more about us, visit www.gateway-community.org. Welcome to your journey.